You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. I am broadcasting live from Fayetteville as we speak. I'm actually in my hotel room and uh, just got in. And uh, man, I just, the the excitement and the energy and the vibe here in Fayetteville is just it's you can feel it. Uh, I I mean just driving in, you can feel it. People are starting to get into the weekend, and the excitement is just surrounding, and it just feels so good, and it's so awesome. Uh, but you know the thing is about what's been going on with all the stuff that we've been doing here on this podcast. And by the way, Ryan McGee of Marty and McGee, we're going to play back the interview that we had with him on Out of Bounds here in just a little bit, which was always fascinating and really cool to catch up with him. Uh, but you know, just kind of looking at the Arkansas Texas game in its uh, just its original form of what's going to be going on this weekend. And I actually went on a radio show in uh, Oklahoma this morning. Uh, they wanted to talk about the Arkansas-Texas game, and it's out of Norman in Oklahoma City, so they're obviously very pro-sooner. But they brought me on, and, and they were asking me, they're like, hey, why is it that Arkansas fans have such an animosity towards Texas? And they were younger guys, and I think that they – probably knew a little bit about the history at least from talking with them but they just thought it was really fascinating that we here in Arkansas have this passion this hatred for Texas a team that we've only played five times in the past 30 some odd years and all of them but two have been in bowl games you know or, or you know I guess well now that's three of them have been a bowl uh, have been a regular season games but still just not that often and it's like why is there that hatred there and I always just chalk it up to a simple thing of, well, my dad hated him. And my dad was a Razorback fan. And when I grew up, he instilled in me, as well as other people, about as other kids, uh, the hatred for Texas because of what they did and how they did it. And, you know, they just, there was this complex that existed in the state of Arkansas where, you know, all these other teams were in Texas. You were the lone wolf kind of on your own. You were treated differently. You were looked at as an outcast. And, a lot of times it came up that way, the arrogance, the cockiness, the smugness of Texas, just thinking that they are God's gift to football and God's gift to everything, uh, really wore thin back then. And, you know, every time that Arkansas has played Texas, no matter the sport, baseball, basketball, whatever it is, there's been an element of that. There's been an element of disdain, but it's not rooted in anything that I personally have gone through. It's just what I know. It's what I feel. And it's something that, you know, you just kind of been told about. I, I try to compare it to maybe being looking at it from some like lore of, you know, back in the glory days or back, you know, before there was media, before there was TV or anything, uh, stories were passed down from generation to generation. And, you know, a lot of it may have been true. A lot of it may have not been true and maybe exaggerated a little bit, but there was a lot that was passed down that you may not have always seen, but you heard about and you always thought about, well, if I ever see it, I'll know it and I'll feel it too. And that could be just about stories about families and about uh, eras of history or whatever it may be. It's the kind of the same thing when it comes to Texas and the hatred that Arkansas has for. It's not something we all have experienced, but it's something we know. And we know it when we see it. 
and what we've seen over the past few years is that this game has been circled. And even in other sports, those games have been circled. You had baseball this past year where they had the horns down with Jalen Battles and all them doing that. And basketball, it always just meant a lot more, too. I think that when they beat Texas in basketball, it's like 2017, maybe 2016. I can't remember the year, but they had a group picture afterwards of the team with all horns down. Like, we all know. We know it. We may not understand it all the time. We may not have experienced it, but we know it. And that's where this has all come to fruition with this here today and this weekend is that we don't know or haven't experienced a Texas hatred, but it's here. It's arrived. And now we feel it. We sense it. We didn't have to experience the hatred of Texas to know that it's real. All we had to do is just feel it when it happened. And here we are. And we can't wait. We're going to have Ryan McGee on of the of Marty and McGee and as well as ESPN and SEC Network. But I want to remind everybody this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the car parts you need. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 50 100% more for the same parts? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and they have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go and explore their easy-to-use website today and find a solution for all your auto part needs. If you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, be sure to write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, we're going to play back our interview with Ryan McGee of the Marty and McGee show here in just a second. But, folks, I got to tell you about sweat block and how we know it's still hot outside. And when it's hot outside and we're going to be outside and tailgating this weekend for Texas and going to be in that stadium, it's going to be warm. We're going to sweat. And there's nothing more embarrassing than though when you sweat, your shirt becoming disgusting like it looks like a mickey mouse shirt from all the sweat that's been poured onto your shirt sweat block helps with that it's stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants you simply apply it at night before bedtime go to bed and the next morning when you wake up you wash and you go about your day without worrying about sweat and that's guaranteed i know this sounds too good to be true but i've only had to use it once or twice in a week and it keeps me dry the whole time no more pitting out no more picking my shirts based on which one will hide the sweat better that's what it's all about. So if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. All right, we're going to have Ryan McGee of Marty and McGee of ESPN and SEC Nation joining us right now. Ryan, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing? I'm, I'm packing my bag. That's what I'm doing. I'll be flying <laughs> up, uh, Marty, I'll be flying up there in the morning. In fact, the SEC Nation crew is setting up stage as speak and uh and we'll be out there lot 44 to come out and see us uh saturday morning it's going to be you know we so we last week we opened the season in atlanta uh for alabama miami it was at the college football hall of fame which is great but it wasn't on the campus you know and and mm-hmm. we had we had some fans stop by on their way down to the stadium and that was great but um but man i'm really excited to get on campus and uh, and I'm really really excited that the first campus is uh, is there in Fayetteville. 
Well, we're excited about it, too, and we'll just start right there with the, the matchup and the game and the atmosphere and everything going on with it. Uh, what, what do you make of this game? Like, What do you make of the fact that not only is Arkansas and Texas old Southwest Conference foes, but also future SEC foes, as we know they're going to be joining the conference, but just what do you make of the game, the atmosphere, and what you expect to see on Saturday? Oh, it's going to be – you know, I'm – I'm really excited for, like, the old-timers. And when I say old-timers, I include myself in that group. You know, I was I was a student at Tennessee when it was announced that Arkansas and uh, South Carolina were coming to the SEC, and I just remember thinking, I can't believe it. Because you know, even growing up, you know, where I did um, in the Carolinas, you know, Southwestern Conference, Southwest Conference football was just the best. I mean, it, just, it, was, it just felt gigantic in Arkansas obviously was a huge part of that. So to have that game happen again, um, I'm really excited because you know, I get conference realignment. I understand why we're doing it. Um, you know, I, I work for the SEC Network, man. Texas and Oklahoma coming to the conference, that's good for business. Um, but, but what conference realignment does is it robs you of the games that you grew up with. And, and I think that sometimes maybe the power brokers underestimate you know, the kind of impact that has, certainly over a long period of time. And so, you know, there's a generation of kids out there that, you know, Texas and Arkansas, that doesn't mean a thing to them. But there's also a lot of us out there that are excited to see it being played again, and now maybe we can educate these kids on uh, on some history. So growing up where you did, you said you actually saw some Southwest Conference football. What are some of the memories that you have of uh, the old Southwest Conference and some of those rivalries? I just remember, I just remember everybody had like artificial turf, and everybody was running <laughs> the same offense, and everybody just looked so big. Like that was the thing for me. And my and my dad was an ACC referee, and and so we, you know, the games I grew up going to, um, you know, I grew up going to NC State versus Duke, and you'd have a couple of guys in the game that were really big and strong, and for the most part, um, you know, that was it. And it felt like when I watched Southwest Conference games, number one, it was just everybody looked so big. And number two, it just seemed so loud. Like, again, no offense to my friends in the Carolinas, but you grew up going to the North Carolina-Virginia game. It's great. I mean, the atmosphere is great. But but I just remember having to turn the television up in my house just thinking on ABC, like, it just feels like it's so loud. At these top West conference games, and so I'm, I'm just that to me returning any sort of emotion and atmosphere to that, and you know any excuse to start pulling out, you know, the Frank Royals, Daryl Royal clips, and all that stuff. I'm just I'm all about it. Yeah, and the thing is, is that uh, obviously the, since there's so much history between these two particular teams this weekend in Fayetteville, the fans will remember it, the energy's going to be there, and, it, and it's kind of unique because you have some pretty new coaches at both respective programs. Sam Pittman, never been a head coach before. This is his second year at Arkansas, really showed some things in his first season. And then Steve Sarkeesian, who has been a head coach at various places, but is now trying his shot there at Texas. What do you make of the coaching matchup between these two teams, and especially the job that they've done so far? Are at their respective teams. Well, and it's Mr. Offense and Mr. Defense, right? And so, to, to me, that 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 brings a lot to it. You know, uh, Sark gets all this credit, and rightfully so, for um, that that Alabama offense last year that was one of the greatest, if not the greatest, in the history of college football. And and then you got you know Pittman, um, you know, who spent his whole life down there in the trenches, 
And so, to, to me, it's the contrast of it. But it's also just the contrast in coaching style. You know, Sark is, um, you know, he's got that, that kind of West Coast, Saban, NFL hybrid approach to coaching football. And, and you guys know Pittman as well as anybody. Um, you know, he, he appreciates the details. He takes care of the details. But he also got so much old school seat of the pants to him that he just loves it. And so, you know, it's hard on the sleeve. You know, Sark is, is, is uh, he's a good interview. Uh, he's a smart guy, but he plays it close to the vest a lot of times. And I don't know if anyone has ever used the phrase close to the vest to describe Sam. <laughs> so how do you think Arkansas's offense fares against Texas' defense? Because we know about, you know, like you said, Mr. Offense against uh, against defense, but you got another side of that with Arkansas's offense and then Texas's defense where you got a few unknowns there. Yeah, no unknowns is it. And and that's why uh, I'm really anxious to get in the building tomorrow and and start knocking on doors and bugging guys and and, and get a sense for it because it's um the, the unknown part of it is you, you guys the only thing about me, I'm fascinated by what you were talking about a second ago, about new head coach. And you know, we were talking about this at SEC Media Days. You know, you know, we had four new head coaches in the conference in 2019. You know, four new head coaches, or 2020, had four new head coaches in the conference this year. And when Marty and McGee, when we had them coming through for the uh, for the talking season special, you know, to us it was eight new head coaches. We, we didn't talk to hardly any of those guys. And so the chance to talk to those guys and to see their approach. I've not been in the building uh, since Sam Pittman took over. You know, I've not gotten a feeling for how it runs and how he goes about his business and, and, and what it even looks like in the building. Last time I was there, things were really, really bad. And uh, and everybody knew uh, that Coach Morris got done. And so I want to get back in that building and get a feel for what they're doing. And the unknowns that you mentioned, that's part of it. That's part of why I love it because it's not even just about I don't know what we've got. I don't even know how the coach is going to do it because we didn't, I didn't get a chance to go on the road at all last year. So so I'm curious to get in the building tomorrow and bug some people. We'll continue our discussion with Ryan McGee here in just a second. But, folks, it's that time of year again where all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. If you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you receive 100% welcome bonus using promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline.ag, and it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. From football, basketball, baseball, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers this 2021 season. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. We're speaking with Ryan McGee of Marty and McGee on ESPN, as well as SEC Nation here on Out of Bounds, 103.7 The Buzz. Now, Ryan, you mentioned about Arkansas the last time you were there. It, things weren't good. Arkansas hasn't been very good in a while, which has been really a shame for Razorback fans. I haven't had much to root for. It seems like Sam Pittman's maybe starting to turn it around. But you, you know the Arkansas football program. You, you've been covering it. You've been watching it. What does it take to make this program successful? What kind of coach, what type of mentality does it take to make Arkansas football good and competitive in the SEC? Well, I think, number one, you got to protect your borders, right? you, you got to keep – you can't let guys get out of state. 
And, and number two, um, you know, uh, and listen, you're talking to a Tennessee alum. So I don't, you don't have to tell me about not meeting expectations and, and what's it going to take <laughs> to finally turn the corner. And, and you, you kind of don't want to get your hopes up because you've done it so many times over a decade and, and, and got your heart broken. But to me, the strategy at Tennessee and the strategy at Arkansas is the same thing, which is don't let the good recruits get out of your state, but you know you're not in a state that's a Texas or a Florida or a California. And Sam Pittman knows those places, man. He knows how to recruit Florida. And he certainly knows how to recruit Georgia, and he certainly knows how to recruit Texas. So, to, to me, it's number one, protecting your own your state. Um, don't let anyone you know get over the border and play anywhere else. Um, you know, I always go, I always go back to to uh, um, you know like Barry Odom, you know, who grew up an Oklahoma fan and went to Missouri because Oklahoma didn't want him. And so, just don't let any of those guys get out of the state, and then bring some good ones in. But but the big thing is. Just understanding who your people are. And you mentioned the Arkansas fan base. Sam Pittman understands what an Arkansas Razorback is. He understands what an Arkansas fan is. And I think a lot of times, you know, we saw it with Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. He never got it, you know. He, he just, he didn't, he didn't, he never understood exactly what it was that he was dealing with because every fan base is different. And, and Sam Pittman, he knows who the Arkansas people are. And so, Entertain them while you're figuring out how to win, and then uh, and then eventually you start winning and maybe be entertaining when you do that too. So, what can we look forward to with Marty and McGee coming up on Saturday? Uh, you mentioned being back on campus and getting to be in that atmosphere when you uh, kind of get into breaking down both teams with Arkansas and Texas. What are some of the things we can look forward to? Well, um, we're obviously going to talk ball. But we're obviously also not going to talk ball because if we if all we did was talk about sports, then it wouldn't be Marty McGee. We usually get in trouble <laughs> because we'll do our three-hour radio show and we'll get a half hour, hour and a half into it, and the bosses will call and go, hey, y'all, LeBron had 65 points last night. You might want to bring that up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We've been, we've been talking about county fair food for the last 90 minutes, right? But, it, but, uh, but Coach Pittman's going to join us on the show, which we're excited about. Uh, Justin Moore's going to join us, who, of course, I mean, one of the biggest Razorbacks in the world, certainly one of the most famous. And uh, he's been a long-time friend of Marty McGee. You know, Marty knows all these country music stars. I don't know any of these guys. But now I'm getting <laughs> to know them because they're all in Marty's phone. And so everywhere we go, we're like, well, what country star lives near here, Marty? We're going to do that all thing. I keep calling it the Marty's Rolodex show. That's what we're going to talk about <laughs> here. But, but we'll have a good time. And, and if everybody will come out, you know, it's um, – uh, Marty and I have been calling it Redneck Game Day. So just come out there and stand behind us and do whatever you want, and uh, and we'll put you on TV. Sounds like a great time for sure. And and Ryan, I know that you've uh, you're very familiar with Fable. Been here a few times. What's what's some of the things that you enjoy doing the most, or some of the things you enjoy the most about coming to Fayetteville? Well, I mean, you guys might know this about me. I'm a big minor league baseball guy, and so um, you know, one of the first things I came up, I came up there a couple years ago, and I had not been to what I'll still call the new ballpark. And I'm like, man, get me out, get me out to the Naturals ballpark. I got to see it. And so, uh, so I got to do that. But I'm a barbecue guy, and so uh, what I like to do is I like to put it out there. All right, you know, uh, give me your place, and, uh, and and I don't have to tell y'all. You got a couple of really, really good ones in Fayetteville. And so uh, the trick is when you travel with Marty is Marty doesn't eat anything, but Marty Marty eats like uh, quinoa and. <laughs> you know, he eats his French milk, you know, peanut butter and all that stuff. So I have to um, 
I have to drag him into some barbecue joints. I'm going to do that all fall. So what what are some of your favorite food to get into? I, I know, you know, it depends on what territory you're in, but overall, what do you really like to get into? Oh, I'm, 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 a, I'm a barbecue guy. And, you know, I'm from North Carolina. I understand different people have different interpretations of what barbecue is. I'm not one of these people that thinks, like, like these Texas people, I'll be on a plane with a Texas guy, and I'll say something about being from North Carolina. Oh, y'all don't know how to do barbecue. I'm like, you know, I don't... <laughs> I'm willing to try all of it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why I have to choose. Now I will not eat that mustard-based mess they serve down in South Carolina, just south of where I live, right in my house. But past that, um, if it's a uh, if it's a hog or uh, or it's a cow and um, and it's been in a smoker for an extended period of time, I'm, I'm probably going to eat it. Well, and it's funny, too, because I feel like barbecue is one of those things is, yeah, there are bar- bar- certain styles of barbecue that you may prefer, some barbecue that's better than others. But as far as you, since you're a big barbecue guy, what style do you prefer? I think you'll eat it no matter what it is, but what style do you prefer? Well, I grew up in Carolina. So, you know, um, you know, we, we, we have two different distinct styles in North Carolina. We have Eastern North Carolina and Western North Carolina. And I grew up in the eastern part of the state. And it's this vinegar-based, which sounds terrible when you say it out loud because vinegar is awful. But when you do it right, it's really good. And so, yeah, that's kind of I kind of I grew up on Eastern North Carolina style pulled pork. Um, but uh, but like I say, I like I, you know I go to Kansas City, I eat that. I go to Memphis, you know, I'm going to the Rendezvous. I, I go I go into Birmingham. I'll you can put some of that white sauce on there. Like I say, as long as <clears throat> as long as you keep me away from these lunatics in South Carolina and Georgia that think they got to put mustard on everything, um, I, I'm I'm not picking. Okay, so that was something that I didn't know the difference on. North Carolina is vinegar-based, and South Carolina is mustard-based. Is that the yeah, difference? Yeah, and in North, right, and in North Carolina, Eastern North, and, and they use vinegar for both, but but Eastern North Carolina is like it's vinegar-based with this really, really like poppy, like like clear sauce, and then Western North Carolina is kind of is like tomato-based, so like it's got more like a traditional like barbecue sauce that you put on it and uh and yeah there's a town called lexington north carolina and it is kind of like the dmz like half the town eats one style and half the town eats another style and um i, I think it's like what store i think at night they just got in the parking lot and fight to try to decide who has the best barbecue <laughs> well and it's funny too because you mentioned uh, all these different types and i feel like i've tried most of them the one thing though is the white sauce the white barbecue sauce the the ty- that type of barbecue i don't think i've ever actually tried it uh, but it seems like it's such a, a rarity because you could go to different restaurants and barbecue places and they'll be like, oh, well, we do have this mustard-based barbecue that we can serve. But I feel like the white sauce is like one of the more rare ones that not many people serve anywhere. Yeah, that's like an Alabama thing. Like when we were in Hoover for SEC Media Day, you know, they've got Dreamland down there and they've got, they've got, they've got several kind of legendary barbecue places down there. And it, it took me a minute um, because it just looks weird. But uh, but it's good. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, I don't want I don't want four gallons of it on on whatever they're giving to me. But the uh, but I'll, I'll put a little drizzle on there. But uh, but again, I'm not picky. Just as long long as it's uh, I, I I met everybody down here. I don't know how y'all feel arcs about boiled peanuts. I don't like boiled peanuts, and everybody thinks that goes against my raisin. And um, somebody something on Twitter the other day like, what's the food you can't eat that everybody else love around you likes? I'm like boiled peanuts and. 
I got now I got family members not talking to me. So um, <laughs> between between people of South Carolina and the mustard sauce and uh, and the boiled peanuts, um, I'm surrounded by as many enemies as friends when it comes to food right now. So North Carolina going to Tennessee for you? How was that in the transition? I know you say you like you know all different kinds of barbecue, but what's the difference there? Well, you know, when you get all we get all the way to Memphis, it's the dry rub stuff. And uh, and it's good. It's just different. Um, but but in East Tennessee, you know, if you're ever in Knoxville for a game, you know, Calhoun's on the river um, is kind of the famous rib joint. Like you ever see the pictures of the Volunteer Navy with boats coming in? That's where they're all docking. Is at this place called Calhoun. And so I joked the other day with this NIL stuff. I said I need to go back and see if I got some eligibility left. Maybe I get Calhoun <laughs> to like start sending me some stuff for free, right? Like like the Arkansas Arkansas offensive line. They got the best NIL deal I've seen yet. They're getting a free barbecue, man, and it's. Uh, but yeah, so when I was, I, it's funny because you would think East Tennessee and Western North Carolina would be similar, but John Ward, the the late great longtime voice of the Tennessee Volunteers, when Ward told me that when I told him I was from North Carolina, uh, John Ward goes, "Yeah, he goes, I like North Carolina because I used to visit there all the time until my passport expired." You can't get people from Tennessee to go into North Carolina. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Well, well, Ryan, man, uh, before we let you get out of here, just got a little bit. Obviously, we love talking food with you, but looking at the the Arkansas game against Texas, uh, you don't have to do any predictions, but just out of curiosity, what does Arkansas need to do, in your opinion, to make sure they get out of Fayetteville with a victory over Texas? What are some of the keys that they need to make sure they handle? Well, I just think they've got to, um, you know, they're they're big and strong on defense. And they just got to take advantage of that. I mean, you know, I mean, Jalen Catalan, I think, is the best defensive back in the in the nation. And uh, I saw Roman Harper said that on SEC Network earlier this week, and uh, and I agree with him 100. percent So, you know, I, my my feeling is, you know, keep those guys in the middle of the field on offense. You know, don't let them beat you on the big play downfield because Steve Sarkeesian cannot resist trying to go deep at least a few times particularly in the game. So if you, if you can survive that, uh, then you got a puncher's chance. So, so yeah, I, I'd say, uh, you know, do like a hog does and get them down in the dirt and keep them there. And uh, the uglier the game, I think the better, the better it is for Arkansas at this point. That's Ryan McGee of Marty and McGee. You'll be able to catch him at the SEC Nation right there in Lot 44 right before the game. And you'll be out there for a good period of time to be part of SEC Nation. So be sure to check him out if you're going to be up there in Fayetteville for the game. Ryan, really appreciate you joining us. Enjoy Fayetteville this weekend. Have a great time up there, man. And I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road. All right. I'll see you all up there. Thanks. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 